What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast. You're listening to episode 49. I cannot believe we have made it this far. We're almost to the half-century mark. We bring sports back to life by looking at unique perspectives on the game from abstract yet popular angles. And we're doing more of the same today. Uh, We're coming at you live on Facebook as usual. Please share this broadcast with your friends and family. And uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And be sure to spam those Facebook emojis to let me know your thoughts on the things I'm saying. It's always good to have that feedback so I can uh, feel like you are a part of the conversation and uh, make it a good time for everybody. Um, Just so you know, there is an event going on just outside my office window. It's called a Live After Five. Um or live after five, it's kind of, they change it every year, but basically locals get together, drink beer and listen to good local music. And I am up here doing the podcast while that's going on. So if you hear any kind of weird background noise, that's because they're like just at the intersection right over here by, by the building I'm in. So there's a little disclaimer for you. Um, shout out to Steven for being in the podcast. Uh, before I got started here, I was muted for five minutes while I was just kind of jibber-jabbering, getting my outline put together, and I didn't even realize the mic wasn't working. It's because I had it not plugged in when I went live, and I had to change the setting on it. So we are here, and let's get this thing rolling. All right, Abstract Sports Nation, let's just dive right into the NBA playoff action. But before we do, I want to let you know that you should be following me on Twitter and Instagram at KyleClay2K. This is my all-basketball account. I plan to do only basketball stuff with it. Uh, So follow me there if you want to get any of that information. I have another account that's called KyleClayDesign. I am a graphic and web designer by trade, and and so I, I have... I have that account for professional purposes. This is sort of like my my side girl, if you will. Uh, I have it so that I can talk about things that I'm passionate about in the sport of basketball. Um, And it helps me stay focused on just that one sport rather than trying to force myself into a hole that I can't fit into, like football and baseball and hockey and all of those other things. I can talk generally about sports, but... It's always forced. With basketball, it's straight from the heart, straight from the dome, and it's always kind of on point, at least to my, in my own personal opinion. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right in. Uh, today, it's going to be all NBA playoff action. We're going to look at the playoff picture, how we got to where we are right now, uh, the current standings in the conference finals. Um, maybe recap some of the games in the conference finals and then talk about some predictions that I have made and then make some new predictions going forward with both of the series tied at 2-2. So without further ado, this might be kind of hard for the people listening on just the audio outlets, but no fret. You can find us on YouTube. Go look for Abstract Sports on YouTube. Um, or really, it's linked from most from the website. You go to, go to uh, abstractsports.com, go down to the footer. There should be a YouTube link there. Go subscribe to our channel, and you can see the images that I'm putting together in the stream. Um, I try to do my best to explain what I'm what I'm presenting visually uh, to our live audience. So just know that that's a thing. Okay. All right. Let's j- jump right into the playoff picture. You're gonna like this view, Stephen. You're gonna really like this. Okay. Here we go. Oh yeah. I am in the bracket. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's so cool. I don't know why I haven't done more stuff like this in the past. Um, oh man, I just realized I didn't fix that one line. Dang it. Oh man. Well, anyway, you can see that I missed the OKC Utah line that goes, it's supposed to show that Utah moved on to that next round playing the Rockets. Ah, dang it. I missed a small detail and I pointed it out to you and I'm mad now. Anyways, I wanted to put together my own playoff bracket because I feel like all the ones you see don't really tell the whole story. Um, the only thing that mine doesn't show really is the scores from each game. And maybe that's something that I'll work on in the next, in the next bracket for next year or something like that, because I feel like the more information you have in terms of telling the story throughout the series, you know, scores, who won which games in the series, whether it was a sweep or if it went to game seven, I think that can kind of paint a little more of a picture for somebody rather than just being like, Oh, Houston won four, three. It's, it's more than that. Like, sure, you have to win four games to win the series, but there were, there's some storylines that can come out of just seeing something like this more visually. So I'm, I was happy to put something like this together. Just disregard that one missed line from Utah going to the second round. Um, but I've already talked a lot about the playoffs, so I'm just going to kind of mention some things that I'm looking at here as I see this bracket all put together. There have only been two sweeps in these playoffs, which means that it's been drawn out a little bit more and uh, maybe some expectations weren't met because um, teams are getting swept and other teams were going seven games. Um, so the two series that stand out to me the most are the Cleveland and Toronto Raptors up in the Eastern Conference top right corner. And then you've got Pelicans and Portland Trailblazers bottom left corner in the Western Conference. Those are the only two series that were sweeps. And the only sweep that can possibly happen beyond that is going to be the NBA Finals, and I just don't see that happening. Um, so, for one, I think that it's, it it makes sense to me that there was a – I mean, it's just funny, though. The Raptors getting swept three times in a row by the, by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, but then the other sweep where it's the Pelicans sweeping the Trailblazers where it's a six and a three seed, and the records were all kind of the same, so – uh, you would expect more of a close series than that, but no, it was a sweep. Um, and then the Pelicans went on to almost get swept. They got one game at home against the the Golden State Warriors. So very interesting, you know, two kind of obscure. I guess the Raptors in Cleveland one isn't so obscure. It's happened two times already in the past. Um, but one pretty obscure sweep and then one that kind of makes sense. Um I thought the, the Philadelphia 76ers were going to have much more of a chance against the Boston Celtics. That was not the case. They only won one at home as well, and that was their last home game. So they really had to turn things around. They had to win four in a row if they were going to uh, take that series. So that's that's another reason why I like seeing this view because you can see that they only won. The, their first win came in game four. That means they had to win the next three games to win the series, and it's like, well, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that has ever happened, a team coming back from down 3-0, or if they have, it's been a really, really long time. Um, and so looking at the Western Conference, how that shook down, the Jazz didn't stand a chance against the Rockets. I had them getting eliminated in the second round as well. Uh, I think, I don't remember, I may have had OKC beating them in the first round. I don't recall. We'll just We'll just forget I said anything there. But... The Rockets beat them 4-1, move on to play the Golden State Warriors, and I knew this was going to be a really good series because 
you have James Harden and Chris Paul, kind of the dynamic duo um, that has great ball passing abilities and great scoring abilities from all areas of the floor. Um, and especially getting to the free throw line. That's two. Those are things that both Chris Paul and James Harden are really good at. Um, the only thing that they don't have in the, in that dynamic duo is defense. Um, I think James Harden is notorious for being a poor defender. He played pretty well in game four last night, um, but he's notorious for being a bad defender. There's videos of him like stepping out of the way when guys are coming down the lane. Like he doesn't even try, you know. Chris Paul, he can be a pretty good defender, but you know he's a he's still a point guard. He can't guard more than like a one or a two. Oh my goodness, it is pissing rain outside right now. The people who are out there for that music festival, it sounds like it got shut down. <laughs> Holy cow, that is crazy. You might even hear some thunder in this broadcast. Eh, that'd be kind of cool. Um, so you have two different stories being. I'm gonna like do one of these. This is gonna be my thumbnail. Uh, I got to get this right. Uh, gosh, this is just embarrassing. I'm trying to get a good thumbnail for you guys listening on just the audio outlet. With I have a little thumbnail of the video in the bracket, and I'm like trying to like do like a shrug, like who's it gonna be? Uh, I don't even know what hand to use. There we go. Uh, all right, that's good enough. See, by doing that. It lets me know in my audio track where I paused for a long time so I can go in there, cut it out, and also steal a screen cap for the video thumbnail later on. <laughs> oh, man, that's just active thinking right there. But that, that I mean, this gesture here, I'm like, who's going to win these series? You know, like shrug, shrug, I don't know. Because you have Rockets Golden State who split their games at home and on the road. Uh, welcome to the show, Jacob slash Tara. Uh, we're talking about some NBA playoff action. But Rockets Warriors, they split their games on the home and on the road, uh, which is strange. Uh, I, I, it, I cannot talk. I'm like stuttering and all kinds of stuff. But uh, the one thing in the in the NBA that plays a huge factor in the, in the playoffs or the postseason is home court advantage. I mean, it people <laughs> – People sharing all kinds of weird emojis. That probably that's that's what that means. Just gibberish. Not not really making any sense. Like, oh, I'm sad. Here's a flower and a poop emoji and a mad emoji. But anyway, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, home court advantage is a really big factor in the NBA playoffs. In the NFL, it is a big factor. I mean, you have to you have to think about players having to travel from one city to the other and be prepared, be mentally prepared and physically prepared with that travel all up in there um, when they get to the other city. And not only that, but when the game's going on, the, the crowd is louder. They're against you. They are heckling you, especially the you know people in the top or the bottom so many rows. They're yelling at you, probably you know doing as much as they can without getting kicked out, calling you names and all kinds of stuff. For example, I saw one one instance where Chris Paul, somebody was like, Chris Paul, you suck, which is a terrible insult to an NBA player. It's like, he clearly doesn't suck, all right? He's here for a reason. Shut up and go home. Uh, but this fan's like, Chris Paul, you suck, and he looks right at him. He's like, yo, mama. 
It's like, man, I love the NBA. That's the kind of stuff you would never see in the NFL because the players who are on the field cannot interact with the fans. They're too far away, like way back behind the, behind the sidelines. Uh, Tara on Facebook says, Colton can't wait to meet you. He wants you to introduce him to Stephen Curry. Oh, well, as if I knew him personally, <laughs> um, I would I would hate to uh, pop Colton's bubble here, but I don't know Steph Curry personally, but I can tell you a lot about him. I really can. I can tell you a lot about the guy just by following him on social media and talking about him and watching all of his games and and understanding what his play style is like and how he's sort of like he's he's evolved the game of basketball with his long range shooting abilities. Um, and I do have to say I've been watching Colton's videos that you post on Facebook. Uh, this kid started uh, some uh, I believe YMCA youth basketball, and I've noticed some improvements. So I'm it's really cool to see that kind of improvement. At first, I noticed that he was just getting to the spot that the coach told him to go to on the floor, like stay on the block. You're a big guy, stay on the block. And, and now I see him being a little more free form, not, not just trying to go to that block, but stepping outside of his area to try and defend people. And also to get open for, to, you know, open to get the ball and get, get buckets up. So um, really cool to see that. So shout out to Colton for, for balling up. I wish I could play some organized basketball. It's been too long. But back to the that that intimacy of basketball, I think that's what makes home court advantage way more prevalent in the postseason because it's a smaller arena than than football. I mean, it's kind of like hockey. It's very similar to hockey in all all senses, all ways I can think of. You know, same size of arenas, um, same exact season length, almost the same schedules. They're like a week apart, um, and the the fan, fans can get a little bit rowdy. So. Uh, Reyes on Facebook says, if you are son's GM, who are you taking number one? Ooh, that's another fun question. I haven't really thought about this kind of stuff because I'm too worried about the NBA playoffs, but, um, I know that there's that Doncic guy from Spain. I believe he plays for Real Madrid overseas for a 19 year old. He looks really good, but I feel like his contrast with being in a Euro league to like an American league, like the NCAA, you know, an equivalent that can make, turn you into a professional by one year of participation. But as a 19 year old in the Euro league, he doesn't seem, <clears throat> I've only watched a little bit of film, but he doesn't seem to stand out like somebody like LeBron stood out. You know, I mean, it's kind of hard to compare yourself to the King, but I mean, at that age and being a dominant player at that age in your league where at a professional level, it means a lot. And I, I think, I think Doncic is going to go top three. Um, I don't think he's going to get picked first because I mean, I feel like that's kind of a risk, a big risk to be taking. But then again, the Suns have had foreign players in the past. I mean, they had Goran Dragic who was a, he had some of his best years as a son. So, it makes sense that they would take him because they are familiar with taking in international players. Um, Aiton, I think would be another solid top three pick. Uh, what's his name? Trey young though. I think his draft stock fell immensely when people started noticing that he can only be successful by shooting the long ball. So if they cut that out of his picture, uh, cut that out of his game, 
what is he? He's fast. He's still underdeveloped. He only played one year, right? So I don't see him going top five. I think he's five to ten, maybe after ten. But uh, Reyes, I think Aiton and Doncic, those are the two guys I'm thinking about right now. Um, and, uh, oh, geez, who's that other guy? Eh. Meh. No, that's not what I want. Gosh dang it. There's one other guy in there who's a Duke player. It might be Aiden. Oh, Marvin Bagley. He's the other guy I'm thinking about. And that's funny. The NBA's or no, this is a website called Land of Ten. I'll shout them out just because uh, because I'm using their website for this information. But um, their 2018 NBA mock draft projections for first round players. Number one, they have Luka Doncic. Uh, Sacramento for number two, they have DeAndre Ayton and going to Atlanta in the third pick is Marvin Bagley. The third, uh, Trey young, they have going nine. I've seen him at eight, some at seven. Um, I think that might be pretty accurate. It's going to be like the late, like eight, nine or 10, somewhere in there. That's my opinion. Uh, let's see. Ray says he's taking Ayton first round. That's a solid pick. Steven, Steven on Facebook, the coach for the Suns used to coach Luca overseas. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. That kind of makes me think of like the Gordon Hayward, Brad Stevens situation where, um, he coached him at Butler and then Brad Stevens went to the NBA. He's a coach there and Gordon Hayward went to the jazz. He was there for several years. And then now they're back together again after one year of broken ankle, situation um yeah that's going to be a pretty big pull too that kind of makes me think that they might take Doncic number one <laughs> i mean if he's coached him they have that chemistry right out of the gate the kid's supposed to be a superstar i think Doncic, man i'm going with Doncic number one race i'm sorry i i i think it's going to be Doncic just because of those those parameters right there the coach has a relationship with the guy why wouldn't he get picked up i don't i don't see why they would pass that up with that kind of chemistry. That is one thing you need to rebuild a team is chemistry. And that team needs it more than anybody. Let's be honest. That team, they're they're the number one pick in the draft for a reason. They won the lottery for a reason. So I think you should be betting on chemistry. Even if it is an international player, it might be a little bit of a risk, but chemistry does so much in building a team. Plus they have Devin Booker. I think he'll stick around for a while, but... Could you imagine if they lost Devin Booker and picked up Doncic? They'd they'd be like back where they started almost. <laughs> but yeah, I'm picking Luca, uh, number one pick to the Suns. And then uh, yeah, Steven says Bagley. Bagley, he's up there. He's he was a dominant dude in the tournament. He is successful in his college career. I think he he'll go top five, probably top three. Most I think most mock drafts have him up there. Um, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Mark, uh, Bagley, the third going the third pick that I feel like he'd have to turn that into his brand. Like Marvin Bagley, the third number three, is he number three? Is he number three? Please tell me he's number three. Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley. What number does he wear? Oh man, he wears 35. He must be a KD fan. I don't know why you'd wear 35 otherwise. Maybe the five has significance. Marvin Bagley, the third, and then five something. Maybe he's five five siblings. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just spitballing here. Uh, 
Steven says, hopefully fourth pick. Oh, that must mean the Grizzlies got the number four pick, huh? <laughs> they do. According to this land of 10 mock 10 or mock mock draft, wow, they have Jaron Jackson Jr. going from Michigan State. Wow. Yeah, a lot of these other names don't really – I'm not a big college basketball guy, so a lot of these names don't really ring any bells. The Dante DiVincenzo, the dude for Nova who had that crazy championship game, he's at 21 on their mock draft. Probably just because of that game. His stock rose just because of that. He can perform in big-time situations. Another thing you want for a team that can get wins, or a team to get wins, I should say. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to get this podcast over with before 6.30 so I can go home and watch the game. I'm a little behind, probably because of technical difficulties. So I'll just kind of keep going at my pace, and, and we'll finish this thing off when the time is right because we're having a pretty good discussion here. I appreciate all the all the chatter in the in the comments here on Facebook, guys. I appreciate it. If you're listening on Anchor or if you're listening on Stitcher or uh, iTunes or any other audio outlet, I highly encourage you to follow and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash abstract sports. Get at us on Twitter and Instagram as well at abstract sports. We're pretty active on all three of those accounts, mostly Twitter and Facebook, uh, but we go live every Wednesday, nine o'clock Eastern time on Facebook. So if you're listening other than somewhere other than Facebook, um, I know Clay Dog listens on YouTube. I mention him all the time, drops comments all the time. Um, but and that's that's good too because you're catching all the video content. But if you want to watch it live, Facebook is where it is at for now. Um, but let's keep this playoff bracket rolling here. Um, as I was saying, home court advantage is really important um, in the Houston and Golden State Warriors series that seem to have gone out the window one way or another. I mean, it didn't go completely out the window because at home, or I guess on the road, the Warriors got game one. And then you have the Rockets getting game two at home. So that makes sense. And then you have game three in Oakland. And <clears throat> I have to say, I, I, some of my friends, they, they all know I'm a huge basketball nut. Like, I love the game of basketball. I've been around it so long. And and I feel like some of my predictions in basketball can be kind of accurate sometimes, but I just don't like doing predictions because I'm one of those people that likes to just see how it unfolds. Like I don't want my prediction to get in the way of enjoying the game. Um, I don't want to be like, Oh, I got to be right. And then I'm wrong. And I feel like I suck at knowing basketball. So I don't tend to do predictions, um, especially in other sports, <laughs> but they asked my opinion and I'm like, well, I think that after, the Golden State Warriors getting one on the road and then letting Houston get one at home, being the number one seed that they are, and getting beat by, like, what was it, 20 points, something like that. In my in my mind, I just kind of thought, like, the Warriors are going to come back to home court advantage in game three and slaughter them. Um, I, th- I think the Warriors lost by 30 on the road to Houston in game two. And so my thought was, like, game three, they're going to come out there with the fans behind them and a little bit of a vengeance and Curry's going to get hot and just crush them. And that's exactly what happened. They, they beat him by 41 points. My prediction, my initial prediction of, of game three between the Rockets and Warriors, I'm like, the Warriors are going to, going to beat the Rockets by 40 points. And I don't know if that was exactly how I phrased it, but I may have said something like, I want them to beat the Rockets by 40 points. Because that just would be such a great story, you know? Like, they win one, lose one, then they go home, and it's like, 
this is where we shine. And they just put the hammer down. And that's kind of what they did. It was a blowout. <laughs> so I got that prediction right. I was actually pretty surprised with myself. That accurate, that kind of point separation. Um, but they just kind of shut down. They shut down most of their, their other players, the other players, players on the other team. And some people got hot on the Warriors. A lot of people in double digits. When you have a lot of people going double digits, that's when you know you're going to do well in that game. Um, let's take it on over to the Cleveland side. So this one is going a little more the way that the NBA theory suggests that it should go. They do the seeding, you know, one through eight. The teams with the higher seed in that series gets the home court advantage. And in this series, Boston is the number two seed, Cleveland number four seed. And Boston has home court advantage. So this, this is the garden, okay? Celtics have a very well-known postseason history. Um, very good postseason team. And this is a Boston Celtics team that is extremely well-coached. We're talking about a team that lost Gordon Hayward on day one, lost Kyrie for several games in the season, haven't had him in the playoffs, and they've still managed to only lose, oh, well, they lost four games in the first two rounds. And going into the Garden, that's a whole different experience. When you're the home team there, you've got some power behind you. So they ended up taking game one and game two. And at this point, the whole... Two games down, the story is about LeBron James. It's not even about the Celtics. And that's one thing I found very interesting about this series. I've got notifications on my phone telling me the game's starting soon. But LeBron has become the story of that series because when they're down two against one of the greatest players of all time, this, you know, losing, getting swept, especially in the finals, would be a huge ding against his legacy as a player, but the story is like, Oh, it, it starts out being like the Cavs are going to win because LeBron's going to will their way to it. And I, I think the exact opposite. I think that they have willed their way to win in the past in the playoffs, but with an aging LeBron James and it seemingly increasing responsibility as his age gets higher. Uh, I just don't, I didn't see him getting past the second round. But then, of course, he sweeps the Raptors in four games in the second round. So what do I know? (laughs) So he goes down two games in the conference finals in the East against a damn good Celtics team. My thoughts are, I mean, if he got through the second series or the second round with a sweep, apparently he does have some juice left in the tank. So maybe he does get a couple of wins at home. I don't know. That's what I was thinking um, but then again, the Celtics are playing super well. Cavs are also really good at home because they know they want LeBron to win. So, and when I say LeBron, I mean the Cavs, but you know, LeBron is synonymous with the cat, with the team. He's synonymous with the coach. He is the franchise. Okay. So they go to Cleveland and they get both games in Cleveland. So after the game three win, wait, is that really how that went? Guys, I got to go back. I got to backtrack just a little bit. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So I've got a monitor capture here. And I wanted to go look at some games. So we're looking at the NBA playoff schedule. I want to find Cavs game three, which would be right here. Buy tickets to a game that already happened? What are you talking about? Oh, wait. Am I all turned around? 
No, that's right. Wednesday, May 23rd. That would be game three, yeah? Sorry, I got to go back one more time. Let me double check this. <laughs> so if today is the 20, oh, today is the 23rd. Jeez. So this would have been game three. Let's go back to the previous week. Four, that would be game three. Here we go, round three, game three. <clears throat> Wait, did I get ahead of myself? Guys, I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm going back to the the bracket. See, because I thought game three was the one that was the blowout. Yeah, they got their scores wrong, man. What are they talking about? I was looking at round three, game three, and they were giving me the score for game four. WTF. Wow. I can't believe that. <laughs> Anyways, you can see game three was a blowout. They lost by, or the the Cavs won by 30 points. That is 30, yeah. Had to do my math real fast. So after that game, they, they beat the Celtics by 30 at home. And after this, before game four started a couple days ago, my brother asked me, so what are your predictions for the game? You know, before game four. And I'm thinking... Okay, well, the Cavs beat them by 30 in the last game at home, but the Celtics have Brad Stevens as a coach, and so I think that they're going to make it a lot closer. It's not going to be a blowout like it was, but I still think Cleveland's going to get the win, mostly because of home court advantage. And they had a couple of swing, uh, you know, four-point, six-point swings close in the, in the third and fourth quarter that really changed the momentum of that game at that point. And that home court advantage comes into play in a big way at that time because the Celtics are clawing back and the Cavs find a way to turn it around and get some points really quick and the crowd gets into it again, shutting the Celtics out. So I predicted that one too. I mean, I didn't give any exact numbers, but with this one being in Boston, after the two wins that they had, I think the Celtics get this one in Boston because – They've got them figured out at home, obviously, from game one and game two. And they've got, I mean, they figured out how to correct some problems on the road in game three and game four. So I think knowing what they know now after the two home games where they beat them pretty good and improving on their home, their away games against them, I think they get game five. And I also think they make game six really tough for the Cavs. But... I think this series goes game seven. I also think the Western Conference Finals goes seven games. Let me go back to that series really quick and talk about some scenarios here. So this one, like I said, they split the games on the home, on, on, at home and on the road. Warriors got game one by about 27, <laughs> uh, and that was at home. Then they gave up game two at home by 22. Pretty, pretty crazy swing, right? That's pretty much how these conference finals have been the entire time. And we go back to the bracket. The game's about to start. 6.30, tip off in a couple of minutes. Game three, though, the, the Golden State Warriors beat them by a large number. <laughs> We're talking 41 points. That's the game I was telling you about. That's a big time win on the road 
in Houston. Oh, wait, I'm lying. Guys, I'm lying. Game one and two are on the road for the Warriors. Keep in mind they're the number two seed. Rockets are number one. So let me just step back one second. Game one was in Houston. Warriors got the win by 27. Or no, seven. Wow, I did the math all kinds of wrong. Guys, I suck. They won by 13. Gosh. Game two also in Houston. Rockets got that one by 22. Still a crazy swing in points though. And for splitting games at the same arena. And then game three was the one in Golden State, Oracle Arena. They won by 41 points. That's the one I predicted pretty much on the nose. And then last night, I did not get to watch the end of the game because I went and watched uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War. I was okay with that. It was a good movie. Uh, But I still wish I could have watched that close game, 95-92, Houston Rockets getting the win on the road um, in Oracle. That would have been something to see. But I caught the highlights, and it was it was neat. Curry went off in the third quarter, did his thing like he should be. Um, and so I think this series is going to reflect this trend in a similar way that that other series is going to reflect its own trend. They're splitting games. You can't. The teams are clearly not on the same page with one another or with themselves, I should say. Um, and so I think from this point on, it's somewhat like home court advantage is going to play a big factor. But I think game six is going to be the one that like solidifies who's going to win this series. And I know obviously like if whoever wins game five, let me put it this way. Obviously whoever wins, if somebody wins game five and then they win game six, the series is over. I get that. I looking at it. I know, (laughs) but what I'm saying is if this game goes to game seven, whoever won game six is taking it. And that's just because it's been flip-flopping back and forth. So if it flip-flops from game five to game six, I think the team, the only factor I can think of that will play a big role going into a game seven is going to be momentum. I don't care if it's on the road or at home. I mean, game seven at home is the one you want. You want to have that at home for your team. So whoever it is, if they have home court advantage and they won game six, it's a in-the-bag thing. If it is like... The team who won game six does not have home court advantage going into game seven. I think it goes to overtime. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. That's 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 sort of the prediction I'm making right now. I know that's a bold one, but that's just how close it can be. So I'm sticking with that. If they split game five and six, whoever has home court in game seven wins in a big way. If they won game six as well. But if they split game five and six and the team... Going into game seven is on the road. It's going to be an overtime game, and it's going to be a nail-biter. It's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be wild. All right. That is pretty much everything that I have for you guys. I hope my predictions are solid again. Um, I hope that they can bring some value to maybe your bets that you're making. I don't know. Um, But I I actually need to get out of this view. This view is all messed up now because I'm on the Facebook thing. Oh, no. Wow, that was wild. (laughs) I'm back. But anyways, I want to say thanks to everybody for hanging out in the chat today. We had a really good discussion about uh, NBA draft and some predictions of what we think is going to happen there. Talked about different scenarios in the NBA playoffs, what we think is going to happen going forward um, by this time next week. uh, Both conference finals will be over, and we'll be looking at who is going to go head-to-head 
in the NBA Finals 2018. So that does it for me. If you want to support the podcast or or if as more than just a viewer, a reader, or a listener, please go to abstractsports.com slash support. You can make a quick donation there via PayPal. Uh, it basically helps us keep the website online for years to come. Gives us a place to hold all of our content uh, that we hold near and dear to our hearts. I know that's cheesy, but that's true. Um, digital content is my friend. And so that would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you'd like to get involved with Abstract Sports as a writer or be a guest on a podcast, something like that, please let me know. I mean, I can find ways to make that kind of stuff happen. It's a little out of my comfort zone, but I'm willing to do it. I think it can make for some good shows. I think the best ones are when you have more than one person, honestly. So if you want to get involved in a podcast, writing articles, uh, making YouTube videos, talking about different sports, or if you want to cover a certain team even, I'm on board, man. Just shoot me an email. Go to abstractsports.com slash contact. Send me an email via the form there. Or just email me at hello at abstractsports.com. That should get you where you need to go. But anyways, guys, I am Kyle Clay 2K. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 49 of the Abstract Sports Podcast. I'm going to go watch this Cavs-Boston game. I'll catch you guys next Wednesday. All right, peace, guys.